Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. I believe every significant person has had a moment in their life where they experience what I've termed the call of the icon. It's that inner feeling, that niggling kind of, you wake up in the morning and you just feel as if I've got to do something. It's a call, the call to rise out of ordinary living, even ordinary success, conventional success, to extraordinary significance and impact. I believe this call is placed inside of us by God because we have a call on our lives to arise and shine. We have a call upon our lives to fully express the possibility and the potential that God placed in us from before we were even in our mother's wombs. And so we hear the call. And then we go on our iconic woman journey. That is if we answer the call. (laughs) And this happens across genders, but of course, because I'm talking to women, women are the core of my audience, women are the core of my client base, I'm going to center you in this conversation. I'd like to explain this iconic woman journey using Joseph Campbell's iconic framework, the hero's journey. Perhaps you've heard of it. If you haven't heard of it, it is truly an iconic framework and it describes the experience from when you hear the call to when you become the hero. And it is a framework that you will see a motif. It's almost like a motif. You'll see it over and over again in different hero stories, like Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, even many of C.S. Lewis's works, a lot of the hero stories follow this hero's journey framework. Now, Joseph Campbell was a comparative mythology professor, and so he studied this universal pattern surrounding heroes in every culture. Whenever you see a pattern occurring over and over again across cultures, across geography, I believe that those patterns then are illuminating some of the intangible principles that run the human world. Much like we have physical principles, physical laws that govern the world, like gravity, right? We have thermodynamic laws. We also have intangible spiritual laws, if you will, that govern how this world works. And when you have an understanding of it, then you're much more able to be successful. When you don't, imagine if you didn't have an understanding of gravity. Goodness gracious, (laughs) you would be probably gone before we can say Jack Robinson. So you have to have an understanding of the principles that govern the earth in order for you to be successful in living and being the hero, right, on earth. And so 
this is just a quick call out, a good way to explore it. If you've never, you know, many people have done the work actually to start to pull out and tease apart and, and create frameworks to help us understand spiritual principles. The Bible, I'm telling you, like, this is why a lot of people who aren't even believers read the Bible diligently because the Bible is revelatory. It really shows you a lot of those intangible principles. You'll see it. You'll understand it. In all you're getting, get understanding. You know, that's why the scripture that says, uh, blessed is he who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. His leaves will not wither and he will bear fruit in season. I actually have come to believe that that is not just a supernatural blessing, but it is really as a result of what happens to you when you begin to meditate on the word of God regularly, you start to have understanding, which changes the way you move through the world. So of course you end up being more successful, but let's get back to the hero's journey. Let's start at the very beginning, right? The iconic woman's journey using the hero framework. Like I said, you hear the call of the icon. And at the very first stage, you are in what is called the ordinary world. That's where many of you are, right? That's where I was. You're in this ordinary world. You're doing what you think you're supposed to do, right? You are living a relatable, professional working life. You know, you're either working outside of the home or you're working in the home and you are just doing the, you're doing the, you know, you're doing the work, you're doing it. You're, you know, if you were like me, you had gotten married, you had a home, you have children, you, you know, you go to church regularly, maybe you serve at church, maybe you serve on a few community uh, initiatives, you go socialize, you know, you're, you're living. See, when you have heard the call of the icon, that living feels hollow somehow. It feels almost like you're living on the surface, but not in the deep. And you let me know, send me a, send me a message if, if this speaks to you, because if that's where you are, because a lot of people, there's this discontent and they can't really put their finger on it. And you think, is it that I want more, but you get more and you're still in that place of like, what is this? I just don't feel good. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel fulfilled because there's a call of the icon. And there's two ways people show up in the ordinary world. There is the woman who actually doesn't feel that discontent that I mentioned just now. She actually is in a place of complacency. She feels very comfortable in her life. I'm comfortable with my, my finances. I'm comfortable with my community lifestyle. And that woman sees herself as successful, but you know, every day she's, she's just fine with that. She, she has told herself she has no need to, to be in the spotlight, right? She has a career path mapped out and it's the same path that many people have tread before her, nothing out of the ordinary. Her main focus is putting money away for retirement and making sure her kids are good. Maybe you fall into this category. There is an occasional tug, occasional little niggle that pops up every so often. Every so often she finds herself wondering, is this all there is? But she quickly silences that feeling and moves on with life, particularly because her life is very busy. I find like a lot of mothers fall into this category too, you know, 
And I was thinking the other day, and you guys forgive me if this feels a little abrasive, but you know, did I ever tell you one of the things that woke me up to my call? Because I was in this state of complacency. It was an abrasive phone call. And my friend at the other side of the other end of the phone said to me, I have something to tell you. And when I'm done talking to you, you may not want to be my friend anymore, but I need to tell you. And she said to me, if God has given me, given me one talent, he's given you five and you've done nothing with it. And you're going to be held accountable to that. Who talk about a swift kick in the A-R-S-E. <laughs> You know, uh, it was a, it was just straight no chaser, and it was tough to hear. But I haven't forgotten that. That was, I gosh, gosh, I can't remember how long ago that was, but it was at least eleven years ago, twelve years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday, because it was a pivotal moment. It was a, a challenge to really face the call, because I had been feeling that sense of unfulfillment and that sense of something is missing, but not really being able to put my finger on it and and feeling quite honestly stuck. I felt as if, you know, maybe something is missing. Maybe I could have had a different life, but I felt like I've already made all these choices and I've made my bed. <laughs> I have to lie in it in a sense. And some of you are like that and you're making the kind of best, the best of it. And others of you are highly distracted. I said, you know, I was going to say something abrasive to a lot of mothers here, but a lot of mothers are very distracted by their mothering. Let me explain what I mean. Of course, your mothering is critical, but for many women, there are a small, I believe there's a small percentage of people for whom their actual purpose is parenting, like their full, the fullness of their purpose is in raising this particular child, like the Virgin Mary, the fullness of her purpose was in raising Jesus. We don't really hear much more about what she was to do beyond that, right? But that's not the case for everyone. And for many of us, we are using our children as a way to make ourselves feel significant. And you will know this when you use your children to compete with others. And I was thinking about it one day and I was thinking, you know, and of course you may say to me, cause I am literally, I've become the anti-tiger mom. Fortunately, my, my children have done well. My, the older one is, is working now. She's doing well. My younger one is a senior and she's doing well enough. She's doing well, and um, she's we're, we're actually in college application season. How many people can relate with that? But I have become the anti-Tiger Mom primarily because I've been doing this work long enough that I'm no longer, um, I, I feel as if my eyes, I'm a bit jaded because I've, I've seen so many people with stellar educational credentials struggle, and I've seen people that have the bare bones educational credentials, but they have such a strong sense of self and they, they've done their inner work and I see them succeed. I have literally, I've said this before multiple times, I've worked with more than one, more than two, more than three people who have Ivy League degrees, who have 
the kind of educational pedigree that most people seek after, but they are either plateaued or they're completely stuck or they have so less success. So I'm no longer in that place where, oh my gosh, you have to go to this school, da, 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 da. I'm really not. So I'm like the worst person to compete with because I won't even play the game, right? Because uh, I see it. And you see when a, a woman isn't fulfilled in herself and she seeks fulfillment in her children, of course, we're going to be proud of our children, right? Trust and believe if we are together and you know there's something that I'm very proud of with my daughter, I'm going to tell you about it, right? Well, most of the time, <laughs> you know, but um, we're proud of our children, of course, but there's a difference between being proud of your children and then using your children as a source of significance. And I was thinking about that conversation I had with my friend who said, you're going to be held accountable. And the picture I had at the, at the time was that I would get to the pearly gates and I would meet my maker, my creator, who said, I gave you all of these things and, and they're inside of you. And what have you done with them? And I would have to defend myself, right? And I thought about that for mothering. And I thought about, and you might fall into this category. And if you do, brace yourself, right? But, you know, hold yourself. I'll say it in Igbo the way, Jidobigi, hold your heart. I know it might be tough to hear and it might be tough to sit with, but sometimes you need a little push to get out of complacency because complacency is like a, a quicksand. It's like a quicksand. You're stuck there. You know you need to get out, but you know you try to wiggle a little bit and you get sucked in even deeper and it will take over you if care isn't taken and there's too much in you to not attempt to shake you out of that place of complacency. And I was just picturing the mothers that get all their validation and sense of significance from, oh, she's in this school and he's in that school. And, you know, don't you know? And I thought about them getting to the pearly gates because I've had to contemplate this myself too, because I've, I have to navigate my mothering along with the other things I'm called to do, right? And put everything in the right order. And the thing that helps me put things in the right order is divine alignment, walking with the Holy Spirit day by day. It's still a journey, right? I haven't figured it all out, but walking with the Holy Spirit day by day helps me but I do not say I'm not going to do this because I'm doing this. No, because it's so critical for me. It may not be the same exact way for others. You know, there's seasons and different manifestations of purpose. But you will know if you fall into this category. You know that there's something inside of you that you need to do. There's greatness that's unfulfilled in you, on that it hasn't been made manifest in you. And you know when you have been using your children as a source of significance, nothing can take the place of the divine significance that comes from living a life of purpose, not even your amazing children. And I pictured getting to the pearly gates and meeting your creator, meeting my creator. I imagined, what would you say? He says, I, I, I gave you all of these talents and you did nothing with them. And then you say, well, yeah, but you know, 
you did you not did you miss the memo did you not see that all of my children went to harvard did you miss that did you miss that you know <laughs> the the last one went to oxford did you get did you miss that you know oh creator did you get that so yeah you gave me the talents but you also gave me the children and so i had to focus on those did you not see that all of them are married and and doing well do you not know that my oldest is working on Wall Street. Do you not know that I have three doctors? Yes, I'm a mother of three doctors. But guess what? Do you know that the gifts God gave you may be for more than mothering? They may be for more than being a wife. This is not saying that if you are called to be a wife or mother, because I do believe, like I said before, there is a percentage of the population that that is the call. But those women know. And if you do not feel fulfilled, if you are showing signs, I just I did a masterclass on the difference between success and when you're when you're seeking significance and how it can look. And I talked about some of the signs that you're seeking significance when you have uh, an inordinate need for consumerism, right? You have to have every it thing. You always have to have the latest. You always have to do the, you know, the, you have to spend the highest. You have to, when you're going out, you want to make sure everyone sees you. I have to slay, you've given your, your designer a brief saying, listen, when I walk into that room, I want everybody to stop, right? That energy, that need to not just stand out for yourself, but to oppress everyone else with your style, your money, your whatever it is, you want to be top dog. That's significance. You're seeking significance, but it is a false kind of significance. The true significance that we're meant to have comes from living the life that you are divinely ordained to live. When we are eating more than we need to, and this is real talk, I'm talking, I've, I've shared my struggles, right? When we are seeking significance in a, in a partner, in a ro romantic relationship, this can happen, right? You're, you're out of order. You're out of order. You know what I'm talking about. If, if you, you know, if you know, you know, right? <laughs> you know. And right now, maybe you're having a, <sighs> I get it. I get it, but that's the goal of this. This is speaking the truth in love because, you know, there is um, a scripture in Proverbs that says it's better to get a rebuke from a friend, right? It's better to get a rebuke from a friend. And so this is that opportunity to stop. And I'm saying this in love. If you are in a complacent place, it's a very dangerous place. And I meet many women later on in life who are very, who are filled with regrets. This, I haven't met one person who regretted trying, but I've met quite a few people who regretted not trying, not going for it, not putting themselves out there. I've met quite a few. So that's the first way we meet the woman in the ordinary world. But there's also another type of woman that you meet in the ordinary world, right? And this same woman on the surface fits the same profile, right? She's checked all the boxes. She's living the life, you know, living a life. She's, she has a job. She, you know, she's checked the boxes. So on the surface, she fits the same profile, but 
for her, the, the feeling is actually much stronger. She's not able to distract herself from that feeling. And not only is she not able to distract herself from, from that feeling in the present, she has always had that feeling. She's always felt strange, always felt like she didn't quite fit in, always felt a little bit out of sorts, always felt like left on the sidelines, like something seems to be a little bit different. You know, I feel different. I'm strange. People tell you you're weird. They tell you, you know, I just can't, I don't know. You're just too sensitive. You're just too this. You're too much. That person often, the call is far more manifest. In fact, the way I look at it is the call is not just on the inside. It's coming through your body. It's coming through your behaviors, right? Now, sometimes these women find an outlet, right? When you meet, you know, have you ever noticed something that very, people who become iconic creatives often, when you see them as young teenagers, for example, when they're allowed to express themselves more, sometimes they go like, all the way, right, with the self-expression, like their hair will be a different color, they'll do piercings, all kinds of things, in an attempt to quiet this, I don't fit in. Sometimes they lean into it, right? In an attempt to find an outlet to express that need that they have. So sometimes they find a functional outlet like art or fashion or whatever the case is. And this may feed the soul for some time, but the growing, that, that gnawing feeling continues to grow. And eventually it will become impossible to ignore. And this is the true beginning of the iconic woman's journey. So let's take a minute here and reflect. Do you see yourself in the story? Are you like the first woman who, if she accepts the icon's journey, she becomes the unlikely icon, the unlikely hero. Or maybe you're like the second woman we described, right? Maybe she's more resonant for you. You've had a yearning inside of you for as long as you can remember, but your issue is that you haven't figured out exactly what it is and how to bring it forth. Well, here's the good news. I'm going to help you figure out your next steps. That's right. Keep listening. Keep listening. So the next step on the journey is what Joseph Campbell refers to as the call to adventure. So first you have the, you're in the ordinary world and maybe you're having this little niggling here and there, right? But this is when the, you know, this, there's that challenge that occurs and that's the thing that shakes you, right? It's something that happens that shifts you out of your place of complacency, out of your comfort zone. Suddenly the comfort zone is not so comfortable. I explained this in my case where I felt like the bottom fell out of my life. Like at that one time, everything seemed to be happening all at once. Work wasn't really working, right? Uh, life seemed to be lifing. My, um, my marriage wasn't, you know, just seemed strange. Like it was upside down at that particular time. This was when I was really at the beginning of my call. I felt terrible in my body. My child was quite young and I was still reeling from the uh, impact of being pregnant, becoming even more significantly overweight, getting, uh, having a C-section, just physically, I was physically not well right? I physically was struggling, even though I'm the kind of woman that I might be struggling and it doesn't show. Most people won't know. 
So I was in that place and everything just wasn't like, you know, and I was emotionally done. I think, and I actually think I had postpartum depression, but it just, everything happened all at once. And so it became this thing that challenged me so much so that my life that was a comfort zone no longer was comfortable. So for some people, it's adversity. For some people, they are forced into the next step of the journey you know, that call to adventure through, you know, adversity, like a loss of a job. Some people is a loss of a spouse or a loss of a provider. So maybe you, you are married and your husband loses his job and he's the main provider. And suddenly you're thrust into this new uh, experience. How do you handle it? How do you handle it? So something happens to shift you. And that call of adventure is that challenge at the point of that challenge, a quest is proposed. A quest is proposed. Something happens in your life that forces you to find a new way to be successful. For some people still, it's recognizing a challenge and pain points that other people have. So it's not even something happens to you. The call to adventure doesn't always come by force. For some, it comes through, you know, an invitation that happens because they see something they can't unsee, right? So that they see a deep need and a deep challenge that other people are experiencing in their community or the community around them, the world around them, and they just can't let it go. They have to be part of the solution. And so they say yes to the call of adventure because they want to find a solution for the challenge that they have seen. And for some icons, both of these things can be happening at once. Both of them can be happening at once. And then there's a third group that hears the call of adventure, and it's a very spiritual experience for them. And those are people that, you know, say, God called me to this, and I felt led to this, and using that language, because it isn't necessarily that anything happened in their lives, or, you know, for any particular reason, except they had a, a, a you know, conversation with the Lord. They had, you know, a little time with Jesus, a little time with the Holy Spirit, and and they had to move forward. It's like they get a vision of the possibility of that different life. It's like a what if question settles inside of them and makes them unsettled. And so for all of these groups, this is the time when the call is the strongest, and then you have to make a decision whether you're going to answer it or not. And that takes us to the next part of the journey, the refusal of the call. That's interesting, right? Yeah, most people actually refuse the call. Despite what the beautiful, grand, dramatic movies show us, this is actually very common. Most people refuse the call because of inner insecurities, because of fears, fears, you know, this fear issue. Fear holds us back so much because of a mindset of limitation, feelings of inadequacy, feelings as if you don't have the necessary tools and support. Like, how can I actually do this? Most people actually say no. They say no to rising out of their state of the ordinary world into this extraordinary significance. There are many women who look at, for example, the idea of iconic womanhood, but they themselves are not ready to accept that they are also iconic women because it feels as if it's just inaccessible. 
And still yet others refuse the call, not just because it feels inaccessible. They refuse the call because of ego. They refuse the call for other things, for many other reasons, right? Fear, like I said. And then they distract themselves, particularly in today's world where a person can choose to become a keyboard warrior. And they can go to, you know, go to war in the common section and try to feel significant in the common section. Now, this can distract the unwilling hero, the unwilling icon, as the case may be. It can make them feel relevant for a season by antagonizing and, you know, coming up with all sorts of theories in the comment sections. But the truth is, in your life, nothing really changes. But there's good news. There's good news. The good news is that while the call is usually rejected initially by most the iconic woman comes back after rejecting it the first time and answers answers it finally and this time she says that inner yes in her soul and that inner yes takes her to the next stage of her journey this is where i meet a lot of iconic women this stage this stage is called meeting the mentor uh, for the purposes of the iconic woman journey, I'm going to call it meeting the coach or meeting the guide. You guys have heard me say before, and if you haven't heard me say it, hear it now. I don't believe in gurus. I don't believe in perfect people. I have never, and I will never purport to be perfect. I don't believe that you should work with me because my life is perfect or I am perfect or I, you know, I have the perfect solution. Far from it. I'm human. That's it but I'm a human person who has allowed herself to be a vessel of the divine. This is what happens when you take the iconic woman journey. God can use you. And because I open myself up for God to use me, the gifts that he has placed inside of me, which are without repentance, those gifts are going to be manifest. Whether I make my bed or not, those gifts are going to be manifest. Whether I am sick or not, right? Like, like, like my body is one thing, but the spirit of God in operation inside of me, which is why you shouldn't be waiting until you're perfect before you start to manifest the gifts that God has given you to give, right? And know that you are a vessel. Even if you do think you're perfect, the more you think you're perfect, the more dangerous you are actually, the more unusable you are. Because the it says God gives grace to the humble, but resist the proud. That feeling of pride, look at me, I'm so awesome. That's a feeling of pride. And it actually blocks God. So you tend to start offering people you. But I really believe that each and every one of us, women of faith, we're called to offer people God, however it is you show up. And so this is where I meet a lot of women. And I am a guide. I'm a guide. For some, I'm a mentor. For most, I'm a coach. But for all, I'm a guide. And a guide is that person who is going to help you with this next stage of your journey. There's an adage that says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so for me, I've had teachers appear in my life, and I have been the teacher that has, that has appeared in many people's lives. You might be listening to this, and someone sent you this podcast, and this is the first time you're hearing my voice, but it feels familiar to you. It feels resonant to you. It feels like I need to know her, perhaps because I am called to be your guide. The question is whether you're going to listen 
right? Whether you're willing to say yes. And, and I've had this experience and I've regretted it every time. Every time I did not reach out and say, let me, you know, I feel a connection with this person. Let me reach out and let me see what, what I need to do. I recently just uh, signed up to work with someone. I'm so excited about it because it was so divine. And there's a breakthrough I'm needing and I'm excited about it to get that kind of support. So your guide is your support. So you don't have to go on that journey alone. So many women are yearning to answer the call. They've been looking to figure out the how you've been Googling, you've been on YouTube. And when we connect, I resonate with them as a coach. And it's as if somehow that I just have direct insights. I've heard people say, get out of my head. Like, like, were you reading my journal? Like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. That insight is divine, right? God given. I'm not saying I'm uh, any guru. I'm just saying that when you say yes to a path that God has created for you, he will empower anyone to be a support for you, right? He'll empower anyone that's on that path. So if God puts you on my path, and puts me on your path, and you say yes, then he's going to use me for you. And I really do believe that it's about being on the path. I'm not everyone's coach. I'm not trying to be everyone's coach. I'm not the right coach for every person, but I am the right coach for women who describe themselves as soulful, spiritual, and who enjoy being feminine. Women who want to rise without sacrificing elements of their womanhood and peace of mind. For those women, I can be your Gandalf. And if you don't know the reference, then you are not a fantasy geek like I am. <laughs> I can be your guide. The guide helps you understand the journey that you are about to go on. I will help prepare you for success. I will support you in navigating your challenges, your fears, the obstacles that you may encounter. And just so you know, the mentor is not doesn't have to be someone who's with you for the rest of your life. Sometimes the mentor is someone that you're not even with for very long. I've had one solitary session with clients. They do one strategy session and they're off to the races. Because a mentor is someone that will help you, guide you, challenge you. And sometimes if you work with someone like myself, a coach like myself, a guy like myself. My goal is to help you awaken your inner mentor. Your inner mentor. I find that when a woman has done a lot of her personal growth work, her own inner mentor can be revealed and is then developed enough to support her through her journey. Because yes, you will have your, if you remember the story of Lord of the Rings, Frodo had Gandalf. But there were some parts of Frodo's journey that he had to go alone. And this is why I am not trying to create a dependency, but I am looking to create an, an independency. I want you to discover your own inner mentor, your own inner guide. And that work comes from doing your inner work. Many of the women who've taken my signature course, the Iconic Womanhood course, fall into this category. Because if you deep dive into that course and really allow yourself to experience the fullness of it, your inner mentor becomes powerful. And when you hear the call and say yes to the call, your inner mentor can lead you. But still, you do need some training, some support, because the journey of the hero usually requires elevation. And during that elevation, the path may feel unfamiliar and the tools that you need, someone may have to show you how to use them. 
And this is why you need a guide. So I'm going to stop here. Uh, the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey goes on, but I want to stop here today and just really challenge you and invite you. Depending on when you're listening to this, you have you may have the opportunity to attend uh, a live event that I'm doing. And uh, I'm doing a live online event called Bloom, August 20th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Saturday. And you can attend from anywhere in the world. It breaks my heart to see women who can attend, but they don't. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take a powerful move in the direction of your dreams. Normally when I do these uh, programs, this is a three-hour program, I charge nothing less than $500. In fact, we charge more, to be very honest. And I don't even do these types of programs anymore. But because I want to introduce you to the process and I want to open you up so that you can start to truly answer the call of the icon and become the woman you're called to be by leveraging your feminine soul, your feminine energy, your feminine power, because of that, I have decided to make it as accessible as possible at $97. You are going to be completely changed. And so I want to invite you to go to iconicwomanhood.com slash bloom. We'll put the link in the show notes, but I do want to challenge you to take a moment and answer the call. And if you feel connected to me as your guide, this is a great opportunity if you attend Bloom to taste and see and then decide if you want to go deeper with me. Now, if you already know, you're like, this sounds good. Bloom sounds interesting too, but I want to go straight to the you know main course. I want that Iconic Womanhood course that's available, available for you as well. All you have to do is go to iconicwomanhood.com slash new, N-E-W. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for doing some soul searching. And I want to continue to challenge you. You are called to be an icon. Being an icon is not about you. It's about impact. It's about the impact you can have on your family, on your community, and the world at large. So thank you for saying yes to the icon. And remember, I'm your guide if you need it. God bless. Be well. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you are listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.